Nagis, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. Yes, I'm very excited to be here. So pumped. Mm. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for accepting and playing so nicely the last couple of hours and even the last time we hung out. It's just been mm. great vibing together and mm. yeah, on unconditional freedom. On, it is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Always already free. Always Your already song free. comes up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Always already yeah. God. Yeah. Unconditionally free. <laughs> Singularity. <laughs> That's actually the first thing that, that, that came up when I was seeing your Instagram. I just saw the, the, the singing videos at first and I was like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. This is so authentic. Yeah. Yeah. This is so playful. Yes, I really, yes. you know, by now that I really enjoy playfulness yes. and not all that seriousness all the time. Yeah. Although I talk about serious topics, but in a very playful way. Yeah. 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 And you've also had an interesting awakening where you, which we'll talk about, actually, this could be a great first topic is that. Mm -hmm. And then also how, there was a shift where you began creating content on Instagram, on YouTube, mm -hmm. and felt so playful and so basically generous just sharing about mm. what happened. And then just this, all of your other selves then turning towards the content that you've been generating and being like, wow, this is actually impacting my life beneficially. And then, mm. um, so yeah, so let's, let's dive into that. I think that's a great, that's a great first topic. Um, so tell us about like what has transpired uh for you in the last would you say like specifically like the last year has been like the most transformative yes yeah. that's the most intense transformative year ever <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been an epic year because actually one year ago I didn't even know about non-duality. I only came to know about non-duality in 2021 in January. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But there was a lot of seeking prior, but it was just seeking in other directions because I didn't know about non-duality. So the seeking energy was already fired up. So when I came to know about non-duality, it was like, oh my God, I've been looking for this, but I didn't know that it was this. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, I think in January 2021, I read about free will in a book that there is no free will and there were simple examples of that, that we cannot predict our thoughts that will come in the next 10 seconds, for instance. And that kind of made an energetic shift in me. I, I Just at that moment, I thought that was just a great insight. But days passed, I lost some kind of resistance. And then I was like, was it about this quote that I read? Or what is it? And then I got back into the uh, writer. And, and it's a Dutch writer that talks about non-duality. He's not really famous. 
he does like Zoom sessions and then I got on those Zoom sessions and from his few videos on YouTube, I came to know about my Advaita teacher who was um, talking about Advaita Vedanta non-duality in a very sober, playful and funny way, but also very confronting. And I would say he's a master in what he does and how he interacts with seekers. He lives also in Holland. It's a Dutch Advaita teacher. And from that point on, I was just obsessed. It's the only thing yeah. that really mattered to me exactly. was finding who am I? Who am I? Yeah. 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 As prior to that, there was this seeking in religion for years and, and trying to attain peace. Um, but it was so different. Totally. Yeah. And and then uh, prior that, like fine, uh, reading a cartola, trying to be present, conscious, it was all about getting a better experience. But as I entered this field of non-duality, as I can say, it was a destruction, a, a beginning of destroying all that I knew, yeah, or all that I thought to be true, yes, yes, in a very fundamental way. Yeah, that was insane. So it was an insane year. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So you could say that there's a a build up of not only conditioning and separation and lack beliefs, but there's also a build up of seeking principles to make experience better. Yes. Okay, and then then there's the deconstruction of all of that. Exactly, because then in non-duality, I only found out that, hey, there is a transcendence possible of all experience, which I didn't know prior that that I was possible. So I was looking for indescribable peace in experience, which can never be found. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the seeking energy become very became very intense. I was watching those satsang every evening, mm-hmm. almost yeah, yeah. Uh, on YouTube. I lost interest in 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 my social life and everything was was happening. Yeah. Also, Corona. I forgot about Corona. Mm-hmm. Like all these things were going on mm-hmm. in Holland and these uh, restrictions. I didn't care. I was on YouTube watching <laughs> the uh, satsang. Yes, 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 yes. And I actually also connected. With a teacher, I did some sessions via Skype, um, and which actually were a catalyst for the spiritual awakening that happened, I think, a half year prior to realization. Um, I, I would say that was like the second uh, stage of the spiritual awakening because I think three or four months prior finding out about non-duality, I had a Kundalini awakening, which was quite intense. Uh, so that's actually what I would say the first part of spiritual awakening. Since you shift energetically, to a, you have an energetic shift, which is very um, opening the whole conditioned body uh, and the conditioned mechanism started to uh, sh- yeah sh- be shaken up by this force of love, yes. the Shakti, the life force. Um, yeah, and that was actually triggered by a transmission that I received from a friend of mine, who's, who's a friend now. 
she gave me a transmission from the crown chakra and which activated my kundalini energy and um this is not something a lot of teachers talk about or or speakers about non-duality they don't they kind of dismiss it but to be honest what i found is when i talk to people in my sessions who already had an awakening they haven't activated kundalini they are less prone to only conceptualize everything they're more open it's just another way of understanding than people who haven't that's why i talk about the importance of the life force energy i'm not i'm not talking about kundalini yoga that is something else that's a practice of will and kundalini activation transmission that i received is a transmission and a relaxation that actually does itself so that's the difference and i only had i think three sessions three transmissions and the life force energy awakened that does not happen for everyone because she has a lot of groups that that she gives these transmissions i think the people that are not in this avoidance of emotions and and really opening up and open-minded it happens easier that's what i observed from my own observations so it's not that oh let me get a transmission and i'll get a spiritual awakening that's not how it is um there's more to it but there has been a very um a very strong catalyst yeah for for the opening up so when i read about the fact that there is no free will i did not only conceptualize it and put it into a box of knowing it did something to my energetic body some part of resistance fell away and that's how I felt like, what? What is going on? So this vehicle, the body-mind vehicle, was already opening up. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two things that I'd like to cover. Um, two threads. One of them I think is important to to share, which is the, you give a, like a macro level perspective, which is that there is only God's will, or there is only the singularity's will. So there's not an individuated expressions. Yeah. Um, We are being done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all being done. Yeah. And then um, when the, individual at first is seeking let's say that there is a there are patterns of the way that they're expressing themselves and it seems very frozen we could say in like an analogy it feels like the way that they express themselves is very frozen because it's the it's the repeating of the same patterns over and over again um, patterns of separation or lack or unworthiness, fear, yes, fear yeah, yeah. this type of thing. Then there's a recognition um, of some type of, you could say, like um, desire to uh, know why they suffer or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that was indeed the reason yes. why I started seeking. Like, yes. Why do that? Why don't do I ha- don't have a peace of mind? Yes, that was the first question. And this is probably the most common one is that, um, okay, how do I uh, be happy or how do I be yeah. peaceful? 
Um, and then, so that's probably most common. And then it gets deeper into knowing my true nature. Yeah. Um, and in that process is you could say the unfreezing of those repetitive patterns. So the, it shifts from repeating patterns unconsciously to, you could say, gaining more sovereignty, will, or insight into nature. And then the process of like the surrender of will happens mm. when you're merging more and more with what is. Um, so there's almost like an there's almost like an increase in will over a period of time and then a surrender of will to God's will. Mm. in in the big picture mm. none mm. but also simultaneously the mm. appearance of there being an unfreezing and then a surrendering mm. i just wanted to clarify that 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 seemed to be important did that resonate and then there's another thread that we can get to yes that's a, a different explanation that i would use but i sense what you mean yeah as for me i was i was from this um contracted personality looking for freedom and in that that I couldn't be found because there was this misconception that I am a separate doer yes. with free will and choice yes. to make this or that happen and that creates a lot of suffering because that's just a misconception from this contracted um, personality so when I got clear on that misconception that opened a portal to realizing what is freedom itself and still get to enjoy this appearance of a person nice yeah yep because i'm never avoiding it or trying to deny it yeah the 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 appearance in this um, um separate person from the view like the separate body which is not separate at all, but it appears to be, right? We're not glued into each other. Um, so, yeah, this combination of what you talk from a bigger perspective and from a smaller perspective collapse into one, as seen as they were never separate, separate. to co collapse, but as a play of words, one could say that. Yeah. Nice. And then another way to to speak about it as something like when you find yourself sort of trapped in those patterns, that that is the unconditional freedom expressing itself as being trapped in patterns. Mm -hmm. um, the unconditional freedom expressing itself as the appearance of gathering its will and then liberating itself from subconscious patterns of separation and lack. And then surrendering its will to the unconditional freedom that it already always was. Mm. it's just another way to mm. to share it mm. so it's always the unconditional freedom appearing as a spectrum of infinity infinite mm. possibility mm -hmm. okay so then this other thread that i wanted to pull on with you was that also in this last year you've spoken about how there was a falling away of the veil of separation Mm -hmm. Take us on to that. Yes, yes. So after having this spiritual awakening, I felt really uh, expanded and really blissful. And I thought that was it. But I didn't say I realized that didn't happen. But I felt like there is something 
uh, a, some kind of a conclusion, but I couldn't really grasp what it was. But I think that was the, the leaving the personal identity. But I couldn't find the words for it because it was so intense what actually happened. But I felt very expanded, very blissful. A lot of seekers uh, who have a spiritual awakening might think it's a realization because it definitely feels more free than being in the separate being in this contracted energy of, of a personal identity. So I felt like I moved, shifted from being a person to consciousness. That's how I felt back then. And what actually happened then is I, I, a few months of a blissful expansion. I started to write a lot and, and about uh, the awakening, uh, write poetry and just dance in nature. And, and I, I don't know, just enjoy the the wonder of being alive but there was still seeking so there was still the seeking energy i kept listening to sad songs but with a very in a very happy state so that took i think around two or three months and then i think it started to dawn on me that there's really no separate doer or like there's really no free will or choice in any of what's being done so and that kind of simultaneously triggered darkness, like a dark, dark night of, I wouldn't say soul, I would say will, the dark night of the will. I kind of slided into that. As it started with frustration, I ended up most days for, I think, two or three months in severe anxiety and dread, which was not attached to anything external. It was just existential. So I would wake up. I, at that point, I wasn't really into stories anymore. So I would really dismiss all the stories that the mind came up with. But my body went into a fight or flight response. Because, yeah, of course, I can make up an explanation for it. I think it was just it started down on me that there is no me as I thought it was. And it was really energetic. So I would wake up with anxiety and then shift to dread and then just stare out of the window and thinking everything is so meaningless because I cannot make anything happen but I still do think there is a me in here that makes things happen um and I yeah and that's where I came across uh the communication of Jim Newman and Tony Parsons <laughs> So you can already sense how that <laughs> that was even more direct and more uncompromising that than my advice that teacher uh, that I had my awakening with by watching his YouTube videos. So then I found myself becoming obsessed with watching those videos every evening and basically lost all interest in worldly things in my social life work-wise I lost all my ambitions goals while well, I was an entrepreneur and I had a lot of ambitions but I basically lost everything that I wanted uh, I didn't know what I wanted to achieve I basically didn't want anything because it was so depressing just to realize there is no me that's in charge of what's happening here I cannot even decide what thought I will have or desire will rise up in the next 10 minutes. I don't know. Um, yeah. And what I did 
at that period, I remember I stopped avoiding emotions. That actually happened already for a year that I just felt into whatever arise. I was really cautious of really uh, spotting all my avoidance strategies, getting into the stories of what's happening, avoiding the raw sensations of being confronted with this direct message, but also in my private life being rejected by a close family member and someone that I liked. So there was a lot of emotional things going on as well, which were really a catalyst of uh, kind of breaking down the protection mechanism, the walls, which one could refer to as the ego, which is really has a function to keep you safe and from feeling fear, pain, rejection, uh, grief, sadness, all those things that we were conditioned that are not safe to feel, that we were unable to process it. So I was kind of rewiring that conditioning of feeling and then immediately uh, avoiding it. So I was really in the dark night. I would really, um, whenever the anxiety attacks would arise, I would really feel into those. And um, basically just lay on my bed for a half an hour and just do nothing. And just ask myself, how does it feel to be so anxious and to be to, to have so much dread? I talk a bit extended about this because a lot of seekers that are contacting me have these experiences. You see, it's not about the bliss and like that can happen as well in this journey of awakening. But a lot of people that watch the uncompromising message, they go all like, oh my God, everything is crumbling. And it's terrifying because it's seen that there is nothing to hold on. Yeah, That was the most terrifying thing. There was nothing yeah. to hold. There is no strategy. There is no practice. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. And there is no illusion. But I feel as if I am separate, but there is no separation. So it was really frustrating because there was also no hope at some point. There was no hope left to get what I want, yes. realization, enlightenment. So I became really uh, uh, yeah, depressed for a few months. And I've never had a, a real depression in my life. So that was new. Um, I had sufferings and challenges, a divorce and things like that. So it's not that I haven't suffered, but it was not severe as that. So... After that, those months of feeling through the pain and the most horrible attacks of anxiety and just sitting with it, with not trying to hide from it, was really what what happened. Yes. And then I kind of, at some point, I was like, I'm waiting for the dread to move, but maybe I should just stop caring about it. Yeah. And I kind of also get got used to feeling like shit <laughs> after those months, you know, and. I basically also fell through the most intense, painful bits of the sensations of, 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 of dread and anxiety that at some point I just stopped being afraid of having anxiety mm -hmm. or being afraid of having a dreadful day. So then it's, it moved, it moved on. And I kind of felt like I entered what Frank Yang would say, equanimity phase, equanimity. So I didn't care about being depressed. I didn't care. Of course, there was this inclination to pleasure and feeling good, but that really didn't matter that much anymore. 
So in that last month, prior realization of that veil of separation dropped away, or actually nothing really dropped away, but it felt like something dropped away that was in front of my eyes. In that month prior to that, I didn't really care about realization anymore because I was seeing if it happens, there will still be this, this moment, Mm -hmm. this nanosecond of what's happening apparently. So I kind of lost hope that I'll gain something else than what was happening. So basically there was this moving on from the fantasy of getting enlightenment. There was a kind of a shift from that, like, okay, it's just this. Nice. So, yeah, I'm dreaming to have this big party happening. Yes. That at some moment I will get uh, realized, but I don't think it will happen. Because, you know what, I was calling Jim a few times, and he basically said, um, there is no illusion to get rid of. This is it. Yeah. So if there is an experience of separation, that's the absolute arising as an exactly. experience of separation. Exactly. That's what longed for. So what I actually did, because there was still obviously a lot of resistance towards the experience of separation, I kind of brainwashed myself into thinking there was only perfection. I had it like as a reminder in my phone that went up every hour. So I would put it on, I had it on my screen. There was only perfection. There's only what's apparently happening. So it's thoughts arise, conversation in my head arise, emotions arise, resistance arise. That's just what's happening. So at some point there was just no, my kind of this body-mind vehicle uh, got used to letting go of resistance very fast as it arose. Very good, yeah. And at some point it just stopped. Yes. So... That was actually the reconditioning of of trying to manipulate what's happening. Yes. Because that's a very, uh, that's like the crown of the illusory separate self. Yes. It's always trying to manipulate what's happening. It's, it's never good enough. Yeah, exactly. It had always, could have been different. Well, it couldn't because it's already happened. It's already history. Yeah. You see, yeah. whenever something happens, it's already yeah. history. Uh, so that fell away. The dream of enlightenment fell away <laughs> as, a, as a dream of something that would happen. And there was basically this desert period of just nothing to hold on. I didn't know what tomorrow will be like. I didn't know what next day, next moment will be like. So it was terrifying and uncomfortable, but that was what's happening. Because I recognize there is no me that can make anything happen other than what's happening by itself. I know this might sound very terrifying for a lot of people that are listening now. That being in this floating place of not knowing. Yeah. Like not having any sense of control. Although it's like false security. Like even losing that dream of false security. That was terrifying. And that's also the phase where a lot of people run back to something to hold on, to a method, to something to do. But actually, it's the opposite. It's just 
not doing those things. The unconditional freedom found in the mystery. Exactly. Yeah. And at some point, there was a day where I was dancing in my living room. And then there was this thought that, oh, yeah, I was sitting with this pointer that I got from someone that there is still a fear to lose the illusory separate self. What's that fear? So I was sitting with that pointer because I didn't know what that fear was. And then all of a sudden there was a fear that arose that said, if I will lose the separate, the me, I will lose my funny, crazy side. And then there was another thought that arose, but hey, there is already no me. And then that view of separation, which was like uh, some kind of cling foil, yeah. I was in front of my eyes, just fell. Yes. And I remember I was looked up and I saw the walls and they were so spacious. Like in one second, everything became spacious. As not that I saw something else, but it was just empty appearance and I turned off the music sat down on my couch and I was looking at what the heck is this because there were no words yeah. no thing to nothing to associate this with it was not an experience yeah. it was not an experience so I couldn't even think that this is enlightenment that I didn't think that at all that whole evening because there was just no I couldn't relate it to anything it was nothing that I've expected from realization at all and then I just spent the whole night just in my bed afterwards. And I, um, I couldn't explain what happened. At that moment, I didn't think that I was realized because I was just like, what the heck is this? It's so clear, spacious and fascinating white walls that are so alive, pure aliveness in this simple house that I'm living in. I've never seen it. How fascinating the appearance already is. Yeah. And nothing changed. It's not that I see something else than I saw before. It's just, it's not an experience. There is no experiencer that is experiencing the walls or the house or sitting or anything. So everything became very immediate. I remember the day after. I looked in, I think the first moment that I looked in the mirror, I saw a body in the mirror, not a reflection of myself. Yeah, It's as if you see a friend standing in the mirror next to you, you see the body in the mirror, right? You don't see a reflection of you from his body. So that's how I saw myself. Of also course. called the headless way. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And then I was like, oh my God, I think I lost the center because the seeing, I don't know where the seeing is coming from. I couldn't locate the seeing. And that's when I thought, I think this is realization. Because before that, the day before that, I just couldn't relate it to any word. Like transcending experience, you cannot, as an experiencer, you cannot imagine how it is to transcend experience. It's just impossible. You can get it like an idea, but it's nothing like the real thing. Because it's not a thing. So then... Uh, I started free falling. Um, so the veil of separation 
stopped happening. And then I started free falling into unknowing, which is also like the same as transcending the mind. So I felt insane. And my mind felt like it was going insane. Yeah. And I felt like a child, like a baby. Yes. And then I was like playing in my house. I was like, oh my God, I don't, yeah. I, I, I also thought like, is this alignment? This is so weird because I don't feel in line. I feel like a crazy, like something in between an insane person and a baby. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I didn't feel special at all. That was the funny thing. Yeah. I thought as a seeker, I thought this alignment is an add-on. You see that yeah. I add on yeah. to myself and I'll feel more special, more worthy, or at least better. But I didn't feel like a difference from a plastic cup and myself. When I looked at other appearances, I, I didn't see it like a difference between this body and that appearance. Like it's just the same, but it's just different. It looks different. So I didn't feel special at all. It was very humbling, yes. to be honest. Yes. It's very humbling. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing was that I realized there is no me to become enlightened. There is only enlightenment. There's only wholeness. Exactly. Which is already enlightened. Exactly. Exactly. And that forgetting of it also, an inevitable phase, forgetting that you're also it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then there were a few crazy weeks, but not in a weird way that I would like, nobody noticed anything. Like, it's not that I did something disturbing, but I really felt insane for a few weeks, but I was enjoying it because I felt so like, I felt like drunk on love, yeah, high on life, but in a very um, grounded and very immediate way. So it was not as a spiritual awakening that was like very blissful. Or there was, of course, bliss, but it was very um, clear also yeah. and still. Like exactly. There was this yeah. constant, this stillness was, I don't know how to explain it. It was, it was constant in my ears. I don't care how much thoughts were arising. There was still this stillness in my ears. Yeah. And... Um, from that on, yeah, I think after the, that, I started to share about this because there was so much inspiration, and I think just this freedom to express myself the way I, the way that felt felt natural. So then I started to uh, use Instagram for sharing and Facebook, and and created a YouTube channel, and just started talking in front of a camera. Yep. <laughs> and that's what I still do. And I also hold sessions uh, with people because um, I worked as an integrative coach prior and now I'm also combining those skills uh, with non-duality. Yeah. Mm. You're a very good listener. You haven't interrupted me once. There's so much <laughs> goodness, you know, coming through, so... So mm. there's only these little windows to like add a small bit to, mm. to uh, like to play on, and mm. and now there will be something new and fresh that emerges that just complements mm. what you just shared. It's really great. Mm. Yeah, it it seems to be most direct to to share that there is only wholeness and or 
freedom and it's appearing in infinite potential. So there's the potential of it appearing like it's forgetting itself. Mm-hmm. And then the experience of separation. Yeah. Et cetera, yeah. yeah. Um, and so then the rocket ship you could say is to just recognize that um, there's no possibility for something to be lost. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that the you that you've associated yourself with your whole life um, has been like the body, um, like your brain. Um, and that you're actually, um, you're an infinite field. Yeah. And, um, a field is, is, uh, energy and energy is no thing. It's not a thing. Um, mm. and it's also everything. Mm. And so it's, uh, yeah. So this, the shift in identity from, the appearance of forgetting to remembering is just shifting from being the brain in a body um, and being attached to identity, uh, personal, mm-hmm. to just being pure potentiality actualizing itself via what you could say is the appearance of universes and mm-hmm. conscious agents mm-hmm. and dancing with each other on Mm. planets orbiting stars, Mm. which is just a Mm. bunch of story that we're saying right now. Mm. Um, And that just feels, that feels like freedom. Mm. You know, that feels like freedom. Um, But then it's not just the feeling and the, simultaneity of knowing and unknowing so the simultaneity of of uh of being it and also being mystery it's there's no way to to describe Mm. it's indescribable to be and not to be it is and it isn't yes exactly yeah Yeah. and it seems like a paradox but it isn't because there are no two Yes, yes right it's a complete mindfuck. Yes. Most of, of the people that I encounter, they say, oh, I got my mind. I got so many main mindfucks today by right? watching non-duality and hearing this yeah. message. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's so interesting because um, because, yeah, there's a there's like a stuckness to Two-ness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like really sticky. Mm-hmm. Um, like subjectivity and objectivity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and mean. awareness. Yeah. Oh, like a lot of people that are actually in the last stage prior realization get stuck with this awareness trap. Like trying to be aware as if it's possible not to. Yeah. Like... And, uh, you know, and, and making that a stumble block while it is actually 
um, not needed to be that way. That was actually the last hold on that I had, trying to be aware. And then I was like, okay, there is no choice in this practice, doing it or not. It just happens or not. And then there was just nothing to hold on. So this knowing or consciousness or awareness um, was also set free. Yeah. Was nobody trying to get it. Yeah. As if it's lost. Because by trying to get it, you're confirming that it's not here. Yes, yes. That what you're looking for is not this. What's happening is not good enough. We need to have something else in order to yes, become yes. the freedom that already is. So that's an avoidance mechanism. So actually a lot of awakened people that are not realized yet, and that's a desire because not for everyone uh, that is a desire, which is completely fine because there is no rule to have it or not. Um, they're avoiding, th there is this avoidance of realization by doing all these hold-ons. Yes. That's why I talk about this awareness trap also. On my, I think also Frank Yang mentioned it in one of his vlogs. Totally. Yeah? Yeah, that was a good video. Yeah, because there's a simultaneity of of no stages and stages. And yeah, one could say that uh, the most contracted sense of identity, brain, body, um, is ego that's constantly seeking uh, externally. Um, and then there's this like relaxation into awareness. Um, and then there's... A shift into okay well awareness is still a duality there's mm -hmm. awareness a yeah. subject and then there's object and then there's a collapsing of that duality into everything is god i am everythingness mm -hmm. and then there's a realization of the other side of the coin which is that well i am also a formless nothing mm -hmm. and that that sort of obliterates any last little bit of a contracted sense of self behind the mm -hmm. eyes um and so then you get the two sides of the coin which is no self and capital s self or nothing and everything mm -hmm. and then the more that you sort of even relax the conceptual juggle and you relax mm -hmm. like wanting to be no self or wanting to be capital yeah. s self and all this yeah. type of stuff then you could say like there's a natural state that just emerges when yes. you transcend all yeah. possible concepts yeah. Yeah. Of trying to say what you are yeah. and you just are yeah. it. Yeah. But then the, the key thing about you just are it that I've seen is that you get expressions of that where it is just talked about, but it's not, uh, it's not like vibrational or it's not uh, actually um, expressed. So meaning like, um, if you were truly expressing that last stage, you could say that the way it would express itself um, would be in uh, pure service to life, in a sense. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be trying to still extract things from mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. So if you claim that you've reached some sort of natural state of existence and then you're still run by subconscious patterns of shadow and of mm -hmm. doubt and unworthiness mm -hmm. and fear and mm -hmm. um 
seeking validation. Yeah, you're still trying to get the flow towards your direction instead of just yes. flowing outward. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. And so then you could say that that's the generosity versus consumption mm -hmm. to an yeah. extent. And yeah. so basically, if you if there is a if there is a claim to be at a um, natural state, then the expression is solely generosity. Mm -hmm. um, and so then that becomes more energetic or it becomes vibrational yeah. when you're around people. So yeah. no matter how, um, no matter what people say about themselves, mm -hmm. um, you can dig deeper than uh, words into the energy of it, the yes. vibration of it, yes. and you can sense generosity yeah. versus consumption. Yeah. 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 It's really the needy needlessness. Yeah. Yeah. That arises from it. And that doesn't mean that there can be desires. I think as long as there is a body, there are desires. But it's completely different. It's just what's happening. And the main flowing is outwards. There's just this flow going outwards. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we, we lose the human capacities. Certainly not. I don't think that people will notice anything when they're around me. Like I function like a normal person. Um, but there is this indescribable sense of fulfillment, which makes one transcend neediness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very liberating, very freeing. Yeah. And that certainly doesn't mean that one solely commits to service because there are different characters and different expressions and different way of service that one can commit to or not or doesn't you see um and for males and females that's also expressing different because the con the the, the um, constellation of the body is just different So for me, there is also a lot of playful uh, time for play and dance and creativity yeah. next to the sessions that I offer and the, the content that I put out. I found that to be so uh, important. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's a quality that I honor. I've honored the feminine essence um, because by honoring that, I make the body-mind vehicle more... Um, uh, like energetic wise balance and the being can just express itself in a more clear and, and um, focused way than if I wouldn't honor my essence. Yeah. Yes. As a polarity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On the relative level, we're still yeah. having the limits of that which doesn't have to feel like a limit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's so much um, to play with uh, entanglement where the There's no difference between the absolute and the relative, yet there is also an apparent um, 
difference where we talk about things like um, the masculine and feminine and mm -hmm. polarities. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, poles is mm -hmm. a, a great way to put it. Like um, where we where we generate we use concepts to generate a difference between physicalism and consciousness or whatever, um, and in doing so, it. Um, it just, yeah, I guess it enables the absolute to have a conversation about what's appearing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it really creates the fun, the polar, the, the opposite polarities. Like I also usually say like it's the celebration of unconditional love and unconditional freedom. Um, expressing itself as a being a, a, an other polarity, um, which can be quite a learning process and how to find this exper experiential wholeness as being expressed in a polarity, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. I don't know if that sounds, uh, for me that sounds very conceptual, but I don't know why I expressed it that way. I guess that's what wanted to be expressed. To me, it seems like what is arising right now is it's arising the, um, in a sense, it's like the desire for the absolute to know itself at a deeper level. It, for example, for me, the entire point of the universe is that. Mm. Um, the entire point of the universe is to have an absolute, intelligent, infinite energy explore, uh, expand. Mm. Um, and the way that it shows up is not limited to anything that we are generating by concepts in mind. Mm. So, um, yeah. So yeah, at some point, um, like we, we said a little bit earlier that a service doesn't have to uh, show up in any specific boxed way. Mm. Um, and that's a, it's a, it's a great point. Um, yet also, uh, it's clear in a sense, the, freedom also is not only omnipresent, but it's also a, one of the coolest you could say tastes of freedom is to serve and indeed yeah yeah so you can be free yeah. sitting in your room by yourself yeah. or you could be free when somebody doesn't have their basic needs met or when they're yeah. struggling with suffering yeah. and you serve them um, yeah because they're yeah. seeking yeah. wholeness or healing yeah. so uh yeah <laughs> yeah so that's a little contrast at least uh, indeed uh, it's, yeah. it's yeah. such a joy to share and to serve and to, it's really, the joy sometimes really overflows me on certain moments of the day, after a conversation, during a conversation or by make, creating content. It's just, it, then it's just seeing that 
Um, this is what's longed for. To share. And it's just love expressing itself. I don't feel like I'm creating the content or that I'm doing it or that I, I don't, I certainly don't speak from knowledge since I don't have that much spiritual knowledge. I really speak from realized wisdom and it really feels like unconditional love is or unconditional freedom is flowing through this body mind vehicle. And it has a certain taste to it because this character is obviously different from another character. And the language that I use and the way I make analogies and descriptions is different. But it's such a, it has been such a joy ever since the moment that I started to share. Yeah. And the brain is so efficient with using all the qualities that I have. And also I certainly have some qualities. I know I'm not that technical and stuff, but everything figures itself out. Because this is so aligned. Yeah. I think this is the first time I've ever used this mm. word aligned. aligned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in this context it was just perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, another way that aligned can be put into the context of a peak archetype or symbol could be said that when your thoughts, speech, and action are all aligned mm. in, in an example like Gandhi. Mm. Um, and the level of just, just non-violent, uh, a catalysis mm. for spiritual awakening mm. is just uh, it's just unprecedented in examples like that and it um, it's a great North Star or symbol or archetype to is again it's a big uh, array of colors or like a palette and so it's not to box you know pure service as that and that's the way it shows up but that um there's yeah yeah you yeah you um just being uh samadhi in your room by yourself is <laughs> service um, so there's there's many um and so this is this is a good example is that yeah it's also it is also service for um for the one to You know, this this gets into territory that is a little bit um, more uh, difficult to, to comprehend or to explain. But it's just that even the one appearing as um, suffering, as um, the disaster and war and basic needs not being mm -hmm. met and all yes. these things, even that still serves infinity in its exploration. And it's indeed yeah. it's inevitable base. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, indeed. Yes. And what I wanted to mention about service. Yes, service has two faces. We're either ser serving ourselves or we're serving the other. And serving the other is the most fulfilling. 
with what appears uh, most of a lot of service that appears in the world at this moment now right now is really only serving themselves which is very understandable because as long as there's this experience of separation and lack and there is no clarity on that there is no honesty about that because there's I'm certainly not judging anyone who sometimes feels that because that's a natural inevitable phase as one uh, enters freedom prior to that uh, but before this recognition the this service will always be self-centered even if that can be like very high hidden or people try to hide that uh, but the most fulfilling is when it's really for the other and you get just to get the joy of it of doing it just expressing what needs to be expressed yeah Oh yeah, because I have had phases in my life where I thought I was serving. Like I was a uh, first. I had an, uh, my own business in stationary art, and later uh, as an integrative coach practice. I thought I was serving, but a lot of my conversations were still um, were not hundred percent free. Totally. There was still a self-image that wanted to be protected or defended. Well, it was a client session. They pay me for it. And I was very honest with me about that. Like I did confront myself and I learned from it. But it was just hopeless. Yeah, That's what I found out. Like, because first I I had this shift to like an ambition phase. From, to a purposeful driven. That's where I started my coaching press and did uh, become a licensed coach. But I still was like, yeah, it, it's still somewhat so unfulfilling because I'm seeing I'm serving me because now I feel good about myself having this purpose and ha- helping these clients. Well, still some shadows will pop up and really kind of disturb the, 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 the session. And of course, most clients don't even notice. Um but yeah, at some point I was like, oh my God, separate self. I need to get rid of it. Of course, that's not not how I ended up thinking about it. But at the beginning, I was like, oh my God, no matter what I do, as long as there is this separate self, it will ruin, ruin the whole party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I also didn't take it too serious. I was very playful with myself. But yeah, it was is the way it is. Yeah. The universe is a birthday party being ruined by the separate self. (laughs) (laughs) It's a celebration of unconditional freedom and unconditional love that actually can be ruined, but it can seem as if it's getting ruined. Yeah. <laughs> just uh like and it's like the person that comes to the party um and then they like talk really loudly only about themselves um yeah. to everybody else like yeah interrupting conversations to yeah. just focus people's attention on themselves yeah. or whatever that can arise yeah 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 yeah. Oh, that is kind of like what it feels like, like on like the macro scale, like in the in terms of the planet, 
like, yeah, like one big expression of the one that feels um, unworthy and then seeks its other selves to validate itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the liberation from that um, is then the always already free or wholeness, yeah. which can then be uh, leveraged as a channel of service. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Usually though, when that transformation happens is when people try, they still have this quality wanting to talk about them. Some people are just talkers. And there's nothing wrong with it. But then that quality is used in a way to serve people. Yes. So then they use their story or their example to um, to benefit other people. So they still get, get to have the talk if they are talkers. But now it's a catalyst for, for exp yeah, freedom or purpose or whatever that might be for, for, for different characters. Um, but it's just like... I see a lot of qualities that people have that are not necessarily bad, but it's just by this belief of lack, they are not expressed in their purposeful way. You see? Yes. Yeah, like we just talked about this on uh, yesterday's show on radical self-acceptance where we mentioned the the difference between when an artist is still coming from a place that is intertwined with unworthiness and seeking validation yeah, yeah. versus when they're just this yeah. pure channel. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Such a yeah. cool difference. Yeah, it is, yeah. it is. And you see, there is also this uh, spiritual misconception that after realization, one has to behave a very humble way or not even talk about themselves. So, like, that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. You can still talk as much as you want yeah. but it's not coming from a place of yeah. lack yeah, yeah. for instance i Joy, benefit exactly shame, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. i benefited so much from the videos from frank yang and he uh, totally talked a lot about uh, his experiences and after realization as well but it really was benefiting so much totally. and um it's even worse it's um selfish to not share exactly yeah it can be yeah. like that yeah but you know after after realized freedom their their selfishness wouldn't be right can't rise anymore um there can be a priority of well-being of oneself which there's nothing wrong with that but what i what you mean yeah that that yeah all yeah. these other yeah. selves yeah. that are seeking yeah and you're on some mountaintop yeah I'm too good to share. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think that 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 will arise, but there are a lot of uh, people. Arisen. Yeah, it that, has arisen for sure. There are people that just say there is nothing to do, and they don't feel motivation to 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 do it. But you know what? Who am I to force them to do anything or to say that they should share? Like I have literally a friend that just had a realization, I think, two months ago, and she just doesn't get anything done she says like it just doesn't happen i don't know what to do and, and it's just i don't feel like doing anything and just taking a shower and eating some things and just having a walk that's it so who am i to say that she should do anything but it will arise when it will arise like i don't think that we can stay in this non-doing for too long like that gets boring 
So the body-mind vehicle will find itself a purposeful activity that it will enjoy doing yeah. every moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because even non-doing is an activity. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I tried so often to stop seeking as a seeker. And I remember my advisor teacher would go like, yeah, there's no you to, to decide to stop seeking. Like there's just seeking energy and that will exhaust itself. And I was so frustrated. Why can't I just stop seeking? Then the whole seeking will be over. Yeah. Yeah, and then afterwards, I let go of that as well. But you know, in this community of non-duality that I encounter on Instagram, a lot of people are in this phase of dark night slash frustration with seeking. And I really don't know what to do with themselves. Just lately in the last month, I encountered a lot of conversations with people who are finding themselves in this desert period. That's why I also um, promised them that I will make a video on this dark night and what I did, what I did not do, what helped, what didn't, um, and really trying to elaborate more on that to connect with them on that on that phase because it's really an emotional roller coaster pre-awakening, after-awakening, um, that I'm surely not denying that it is not easy. Yeah, waking up from the dream of separation. Yeah. Yeah. Waking up from the dream of having a contracted sense of identity that you are manipulating everything arising to try and extract and consume things for that contracted sense of identity. Mm. And so waking up from that is, um, yeah, um, be very intense and destroying, but it's liberating and yeah. it's, and it's truth yeah. and it's freedom and it's yeah. bliss and yeah. it's activation of service and all yeah. this type of stuff. And yeah. so, the entanglement is so present there. And so to just decipher between um, like dark night and honor, pure mm -hmm. service, mm -hmm. like just decipher. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Reach out. If someone was watching this video and is really in this desert place or dark night or whatever, reach out. You don't have to sit there alone trying to figure it out just reach out yeah and one of the biggest things that is evolving is uh, spiritual communities but the key thing there is um, there's a good amount of spiritual community that is still in what you could say is more of a uh, Hippie, like hippie. a like a hippie face. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there's there's major variations of spiritual communities, and so, but like Nargis is sharing right now, there's um, spiritual community that is um, resonant for you 
and so to sort of tune into like, okay, well, um, going and following her on Instagram or following her on YouTube and then reaching out for a one-on-one and just seeing what happens. Like, was that actually resonant? Um, who else does she follow? Um, who else does she talk to? Um, yeah, I don't really talk too much about spirituality. Um, most of what I talk about is non-duality, but, um, I'm sure there are people that will resonate with the way I talk, the way I speak. Um, I also, yeah, offer people a, a clear understanding in their emotional, uh, how emotions get in the way of seeing things clearly and how we can have clarity on what not to do on when emotions get really intense or are being avoided that really makes it more easier to understand what's really going on and then liberation from that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then there's other tastes of what you could say, spiritual community or non-dual community or however you want to call Mm -hmm. it, um, where there's more focus on purification. There's more focus on just seeing patterns of consciousness and becoming more interested in when you come from a place of unworthiness or lack or separation or whatnot Mm -hmm. um, versus when you come from a place of honor and pure service. And so there's, and these are things like the no limit society, which is what Mm -hmm. we're building here. Um, And there's so many other examples of, of spiritual community across the planet. And so just to tune in to maybe what is going on for you right now is that there's a, a persistence on mainstream society. Like mm-hmm. there's a hook, if, a, if, you, if you, as we could say, mm-hmm. where there's a pattern of expression that's addicted to what society has taught you. Mm-hmm. And it's been programmed in like malware. Mm-hmm. And so now it's running the show, which is I have to work in a career that's mm-hmm. in mainstream society. Um, I have to, uh, earn money to pay for my rent and my bills. I have to, um, I have to eat a certain way. I have to consume certain media. I have to um, be a part of certain economies and certain nations and, um, go to these certain things with my family. Um, and that is all a bunch of just thoughts. It's just mind activity. Um, and the difference is to see that there is more than just all of that malware. And what is more than that malware is pure unconditional freedom itself, Mm -hmm. which is freedom from all of those thoughts, freedom from all of that mind chatter. And usually it's enhanced Mm -hmm. by surrounding yourself with other people that are rooted in the unconditional freedom itself. Mm -hmm. So there's no better way to perpetually be unconditionally free, which is what you already are, then to get involved with other selves that are that Mm -hmm. and that are only that Mm -hmm. and don't subscribe to the malware, which is (laughs) everything that was, we were programmed with. I actually never watch the news. So when there's something extreme happens, I hear it from my mom (laughs) or I don't, I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't knew knew that there was a new restriction uh, that we we had to wear the mask in the shops recently here in Holland. I didn't know. I just people said to me in the store, and it was fine. So that's actually something that's limiting the 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 the, the malware in my yeah. life. Yeah, it just doesn't happen anymore. It's just there's nothing interesting out there. Yeah, there are a few um, more modern channels that are things like basically Telegram groups. Mm, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That have a greater focus on um, the nature of reality mm. and um, and build, building Shambhala, basically, mm. Um, mm. and shifting away from the polarized media and mm. the uh, governments and economies that are centralized, uh, oligarchical, um, yeah, it's a great shift that's happening also in financial, like in the decentralized finance, yeah, yeah, blockchain, yeah, yeah. that's like a very main fundament it from is. this decentralization, 100%. like because money is yes. really important to it's it's equal safety for most people. So that shift was a major one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shift is thirteen years old. Um, and it only really became popular, you could say, within the last like five years. And yeah, um, yeah. With without a doubt, that's a that's a core pillar of where we're heading. Um, mm. And you see, this is another thing. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, which is continuously done by. I see it continuously being done in non-duality, um, which is that. Uh, what we call manifestation um, uh, has no feedback loop into experience, which it does. It mm. does. A centralized government and economy has a different feedback loop into your experience than a decentralized sure. government and economy. One of them being focused on the whole and being focused on the actualization of collective potential and another one being focused on a select few. Yeah. True. And yeah. that's just going to have a different feedback loop into experience. Yeah. And so the more that, the more that consciousness wakes up to its nature, the more that the expression or the manifestation actually serves the whole mm -hmm. and so yeah. that's a critical thing so everything you do with shadow work everything yes. you do with yes. deconditioning yourself from separation yeah. it feeds back into the manifestation being more oriented towards the whole yeah sure Sh shadow work is a major one i see a lot of especially male seekers who are kind of skipping that because that's the dirty work that people don't want to do including me <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't sense a lot of walls hanging out with you, so yeah. But in the last year, though, that was a okay. a good uh, for me. In the mm -hmm. last year, it's a good catch to, uh, in a sense, be like, "There's no walls," and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then and then realize that uh, that's actually compensation for the fact that there still have been some roots to, to dive yeah. into. Yeah. To liberate oneself from, yeah. which in the last four months, especially being here, yeah, hanging around, around with other people, yeah, that yeah, are, yeah have yeah. already seen those yeah. patterns of shadow yeah. and consciousness, 
then there's a greater amount of, ah, I see where I was coming from and where there was actually a greater amount of freedom and a greater amount of dropping walls that was actually enabled. And so it feels, yeah, it feels so much better. hundred percent though on, on men, especially. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really important. Like what I see a lot of the people that ask questions, especially on Instagram or like I have conversations with, there is this non-duality, there is this bypassing mechanism going on that people want realization or enlightenment to get rid of the suffering while the suffering is actually the key when it's really truly felt true and embraced as far as that's possible. Uh, so then enlightenment becomes an avoidance strategy of what is. Well, enlightenment is a concept. Realization is a concept. There's only what's apparently happening. And if that's pain and there is like this avoidance of pain and running away, that will go on endlessly, running away from shadows, running away from pain. So that's not something that works. Um in the path to liberation or this so-called path to enlightenment, um, we're opening up everything that's not free here bit by bit. So the last shackle, or how to say it in English, <laughs> will be stumbled away. And, and that can happen in a moment of grace or just in a moment of destroyment. And yeah, there has to be this willingness to open up so you can just want freedom, but still holding back. Yeah. It's not free. Exactly. Here. So I really uh, encourage people to do the dirty work. Yes. Um, yes. Because that's what's been avoided in non-duality community, non-duality world. Um, nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm glad that you also um, really clearly see that yeah because it's it is because it's funny when 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 uh people come to me and ask what to do what not to do and then they want an advice but when i hit the most uh painful spot there is this response of yeah but there isn't anybody that can do anything right and then i go oh we have a great bypassing here going on all of a sudden there isn't anyone to do but first she came here for advice so who's that one then trying to get advice yeah and now nice. denying that there is a me, like yeah. then there is that that's used as a bypass, like advaita bypassing, yeah. Nice. So that doesn't work with me. I can just see through that immediately, and because I've trained myself to to as a seeker to see that I didn't exactly. accept. I think one like me people ask me, well, how come that was so fast? The realization has happened relatively fast. I think I was just confronting myself with every bit of avoidance. In that last phase, prior realization, uh, of course, the direct po- pointing of the speakers, uh, that was just amazing that that happened, the compromising non-duality message as, as to start off with and then the uncompromising message to finish off all the hope that was left for a false sense of security in the future to be realized. Um, but surely this confronting, the willingness to confront uh, and this eagerness to do the dirty work as well. I think, I assume that played a big role in this liberation. 
um, and I encourage people um, to look inwards in that same confrontational way because I'm not special at all not more intelligent than most people uh, didn't have that much luck I wouldn't say with all these things it's really the willingness to confront and not hide not avoid yeah. and yeah there, that's where freedom lies yeah yeah, beautiful. There's <clears throat> there's a self-inquiry component, and the self-inquiry component is not solely the intellectual recognition of mm-hmm. non-duality. Yeah. It's, it's That's also, a part of it. It's yeah. part of it. Yeah. There's the liberation from all the roots of conditioning that have been running the show. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy that like doing the work is something that you also share because, yeah, when non-duality goes directly to there is no you to do shadow work. Yeah. So there's, it's great. It's yeah. really good, yeah. actually. It's really good to yeah. mention to mention that point. Yeah. Um, just check in, like, uh, like, um, like when you when you dedicate your life so much to service that you recognize that doing the cleanup and going on the offense with doing the cleanup. So like getting really excited about doing cleanup actually leads you to pure service, which is what the whole game of the absolute is even about. Um, That's what the game is. So you may as well uh, turn in, clean up all the conditioning, separation, lack beliefs, unworthiness, seeking Mm. validation, and then purify where you're coming from in your expression so that when you mm. do serve, it's not, it's never coming from a place that's other than mm. emptiness. That's mm. always just coming mm. from, um, yeah. from that. And it's not picking up any of those little bits of separation mm. while it's on its way out. It's like so good. Cause then mm. it's a, the feedback loop becomes, it's like the most delicious meal that you could possibly <laughs> eat. <laughs> five-star chef courses from around the world <laughs> yeah. over and over and over again. It is. In the dance. Yeah. It's, so good. it's not expressed in, it can be expressed in word, that joyful like, fulfillment, yeah. right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is. And you know, the, the opportunity to do shadow work is actually arising every day. Every day there can be a trigger, especially uh, as we're still seeking. Uh, every day there is a trigger. So oh, how is that dealt with? Is that of being avoided? Or is that really felt through the sensation of that contracted energy that we call emotion, energy in motion, emotion, that wants liberation? That's why it's triggered. Yes, exactly. It wants to uh, free itself. Exactly. But usually well, what happens is when in the intense, most intense moment of that, there is a resistance comes in and, and it's just left there. Yes. It's just left because resistance is inevitable. At the beginning, but at some point, it has to be seen that it's not working. It's keeping itself in hostage. Yeah. So there isn't, surely there isn't a someone that can choose and ha- to do it, but there is a brain that can pick up on the wisdom that is shared by us, by other people. And by having that in, 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 in this storage of information making other choices in the future that happens apparently but it happens 
So that's why this information is shared because we are a functioning organism that is func- the brain is functioning and, and making choices and, and uh, weighing options based on the information that it has and doesn't have. Um, so that does influence, even though there is no separate me, as a lot of people in non-duality love to talk about when a painful moment arises. Yeah, but there is no me. Or, oh, you know what, what people also sometimes say is that uh, there is a painful emotion. They go like, yeah, but Ned, nothing is real. Anyway, so why feel that emotion? It's not real, yeah? What happened? It's so good. I got rejected, same, but it's not real, right? <laughs> same person goes to have a conversation with someone else like an hour later. And in that conversation, you'll clearly see them coming from a place that's like trying to get validation from that other person mm-hmm. because they actually haven't done the work. Mm-hmm. So if they would do the work which mm. is going into their heart and their gut and the mm. conditioning then feeding the pain feeling yeah. the pain um then what was just intellectual about non-duality mm. actually mm. becomes visceral which yeah. then shows up as pure service yeah. so in that conversation they would have an hour later they wouldn't be trying to extract any validation yeah, yeah. at all it would be a lot less yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So sure. it shows up in the way you express yourself. It shows up, yeah, of course. Shows up. There is no hiding. We no. can try to hide, but there's no escape. Yeah. Sooner or later, it will arise, backfire. Whoa. So good. <laughs> so good. Fuck yeah. yes. Yeah. Some sexy ass notes over there. <laughs> Hi, everyone. We love you so much. Oh, do we have comments? We're we're yeah. oh yeah, we're streaming this. Yeah, yeah. There's some people watching. Social comments. Twenty seven people right now. Love you guys. Aww. Aww. <laughs> so cute. One of the best channels there is. <laughs> High five. Good job, guys. Yeah, there's so many other great like Nargis having her YouTube channel. I highly recommend you guys to to tune in. Oh, thanks, guys. You're so cute. Mm. Joanna, Jason, oh, Michael, Source Healing. Thank you, my friends. Oh, mm. so sweet. So much gratitude is so felt. So much gratitude. Yeah. It's really being expressed. Yeah. So, so in the links in the bio, you'll find Nargis's YouTube channel. You'll find her Instagram. Awesome pages to go and follow. Great content on there. And Soon we'll have the link to her website uh, later this month, which will be unconditional-freedom.com. Still working on it. And that link will be in the bio once it's yeah. available. Um, that will be the main portal where people can book sessions. Exactly. Yeah. So um, right now it's just via email. Instagram and yeah, yeah, yeah. DMs yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. and then at this moment email. it is. Cool. Um, so book a session. Also, if you'd like. And Only if it resonates. If it resonates. <laughs> yes. 
Um, so with this video, um, if the conversation on unconditional freedom triggered something powerful in you, we would love to hear your thoughts in the comments below. So leave a comment with how it uh, influenced you. And also, um, if it influenced you positively, like the video because that helps the algorithm. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. And also share the video with others that you know it would positively influence. So this is a great opportunity to take a great conversation on unconditional freedom and share it with people that you feel like are beginning to like tune into this and then just have them watch it and then get into a conversation with them about what came up for them during it. I would also be curious if people can share their uh, most valuable insight from this conversation. I'm just curious. That's awesome. In the well, comments. Yeah. In the yeah. comments. Yeah. yeah. Your, your most valuable insight from the conversation. conversation yeah. That's great. Drinking the last drop of water. No, we'll go. <laughs> we'll go nice. Yeah, Thank I feel you. like yeah, I feel like we We're gonna wrap it up. How what's the time now? Oh yeah. Yeah, great. Exactly yeah. ninety, like we planned. Ninety mm -hmm. minutes and yeah. And we covered all the awesome topics we wanted to talk about. Um love you a lot. Love you too. Thank you. So cool. Mm. lovely to do this to have this conversation yeah this wonderful space yeah and the lines yes. <laughs> yeah supporting exactly yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah and just what it's a beautiful awesome. beautiful energy you are mm. thank you so good mm. thank you mirror so courageous <laughs> seriously really courageous mm. Stepping up and sharing like you're doing right now. And, yeah. yeah. It's so much easier without the self-critic, yeah. which I used to have my whole life. It would prevent me from sharing my, my, my skills and, and just expressing myself. And now that's just not happening anymore. I still make mistakes. I still say some things wrong, maybe some words. English is not my native language, but it's, you know what? I don't care. It's just so joyous. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Не забывай, мы будем говорить по-русски. Да, да, да. Ты бог, вы все бог, закончи разговор. Спасибо, до свидания, спокойной ночи. <laughs> Пока, спасибо. Oh my god, so cute. <laughs> yeah, that was really a surprise. Yeah, you surprised me with that fact that you could speak Russian. Yeah. That was cool. Я не знала. Yeah, and you speak Dutch too, yeah. and English, which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Recently I started speaking English. Yeah. So cool. Recently and still so fluent, which is great. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. Thank you. So cool. It's yeah. been a blast hanging out with you. Such a blast. And now yeah. we're going to have dinner yeah. and make a walk. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. A walk on the town, baby. So pumped. <laughs> cool. Um, in the beginning of a beautiful.
friendship also. So many more cool creations to come between us. So stay tuned. All right, fam. Love you so much. Infinite love. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>